Well, good morning. We just got a couple more of these sessions here in Nehemiah here. We're taking up Nehemiah 11 this morning. Good winter morning to you. Hope you are doing well. Love to hear from you as well. And Nehemiah 11, and I am excited about this morning's portion. You know, there are just some portions that you have in Scripture that are just highlights, if you will, and this is, this is in that top tier, somewhere in that top tier. It's, uh, it's a beautiful portion here in Nehemiah 11. As it relates to what goes on today, that's what gets me excited, is what is the moral application for today, right? And where can we find, where can we find tidbits for today out of the scriptures? And particularly when we look in the Old Testament, how do we find things that just pop out and you say, Wow, that that applies to today. That applies to today. So, and we have that portion before us, I believe, here in in Nehemiah eleven. So, grab your coffee. I've got mine. I I got my Bible sitting here, right here. With that, as it's as it's customary, I enjoy to. I've learned in life to commend things to the Lord. I'll share a quick little story about my grandmother. She passed away here some years ago at one hundred and one years old, and had 10 kids, etc. But she was a very faithful mother, very faithful grandmother for, for so many years, but had a walk with the Lord for most of her years. And there was a time when we used to have her over and she would give children, our children, Sunday school or piano lessons, that is, piano lessons. And you know, their kids are so young that their feet are just a swinging from the bench and such. And, and she would ask the Lord for help. For this little tiny lesson that she's going to have with this little three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, whatever this child might have been at the time and the children were, she wanted to ask the Lord for help for this little tiny lesson that she was going to have with the child. So I thought that was a precious thing. Let's uh, jump on over into Nehemiah 11. Um, And as matter, before I do that, I wanted to give a quick little recap of yesterday chapter 10. And in chapter 10, I kind of highlighted through it. I didn't go through the deep details on it, but we see there in chapter 10, as as they were after the revival, they were coming back and they, they their hearts were stirred within them to the point where they went ahead and, and had various things. They just made some highlights here in verse 31. They refused Sabbath work. They refused, it says, if the people of the land were to bring any victuals or in the Sabbath to sell, so commerce was going on on the Sabbath, that we would not buy it of them on the Sabbath or on the holy day. So that was something that they were stricken with, and they said, you know what, we're not going to have anybody selling us stuff on the Sabbath. And then we have they have taxes to support the work, to support the temple work, that is. So verse 32, we get that there, and they made ordinances there to to bring in, you know, money sustains, money continues the thing on. They need to have money to keep the temple going, etc. And so that is what is going on there in verses 32, 33, and 34. And then for 35, uh, verse 35, they want to bring the first fruits, right? So bring the stuff off the flocks, bring the fruits off the grain. They're going to bring the first fruits, the oil, everything coming off the trees in verse 37. They had to give 
they wanted to give all that first fruits as well. And then they wanted to bring offerings in verse 39. And you can read that there, that they were going to bring their offerings. So much work had gone on in the hearts of the people. And it wasn't too long before that why they were not doing this. They were ignorant of God's word, and the, God's word had stricken them. The word of God had worked in them. God had worked in their hearts, and so they wanted to do that as well. All right, so before we jump into the notes for chapter 11, let's quickly get over to highlighting a couple of scriptures here. All right, chapter Nehemiah 11 here, it says, Now the leaders of the people dwelt at Jerusalem. The rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of ten to dwell in Jerusalem, the holy city, and nine-tenths were to dwell in other cities. Interesting enough, the city was empty, more or less, and so they're asking for, let's, can we have ten percent of the people? Can, can we have ten percent of the people to live in Jerusalem? That's what they're trying to, find, trying to do here, because ninety percent of the people are living outside of Jerusalem. And all the people blessed all the men who were willing to offer themselves to dwell at Jerusalem. And these are the heads of the province who dwell in Jerusalem. But in the cities of Judah, everyone dwelt in his own possession in their cities, Israelites, priests, Levites, Nephanim, and descendants of Solomon's servants. So we're gonna go, it goes on about who's dwelling in the, you know, the children of Benjamin, children of Judah there in verse 4. And list of those. And then we have these are the sons of Benjamin in verse 7. And we come on down to the priests in verse 10. Um, and uh, we come down verse 12. Their brethren who did the work of the house were 821. And so they're just taking another census, if you will. Levites are in verse, well, I don't want to skip over verse 14. We have their brethren, mighty men of valor, were 128. And verse 15, also the Levites. So they have the Levites there as well. You know, it's interesting to see that it's always important to have the Levites there. Levites were the were were that were that one tribe. They couldn't get out there and have their own their own territories, if you will. They had cities, but they didn't have their own territories. But they were the ones that were in the service of God at that time. And uh, then in verse 19, more over the gatekeepers. They had, remember we talked about gatekeepers, we talked about the walls being put up, the porters being installed, those are the gatekeepers, and there are 172 gatekeepers. And the rest of Israel, of the priests, the Levites, were in all the cities of Judah, everyone in his inheritance. I want to focus in on verse 20 there. And the rest of Israel and of the priests and Levites were in all the cities of Judah, everywhere in his inheritance. I'm just, I want to jump on down to verse 25. There's a connection here. There's a, there's a principle here to pull out. Verse 25, and as for the villages with their fields, some of the children of Judah dwelt in Kirjath Arba and its villages, Debon and its villages, Jezbeel and its villages, etc. And, um, and it says over here in um, uh, end of verse 30, they dwelt from Beersheba to the valley of Hinnom. And also the children of Benjamin from Geba dwelt in Michmash. And some of the Judean divisions of Levites were in Benjamin. So the essence of it is, of chapter 11, is the fact is, is that they many were enjoying their own land, if you will, their own vineyards. They were just enjoying their own possessions that they had, right? And that's what God has said. Jehovah has said, hey, when you go into the land, 
you know, this is when Moses is bringing them in. You're going to have, you're going to have beautiful estates going on. You can step into that. And they, and they were now enjoying it hundreds of years later, a thousand plus years later, they were, they, a few had come back out of Babylon, right? And they had been gathered back and they were now enjoying the fruits of having their estate, of having their orchards, having their fields, having their flocks, having all that. The problem was, is the center, God's center, no one was wanting to live in Jerusalem. And, you know, it says there was no houses there, right? And so I'm going to go back, to, I'm going to skip all the way back to cha- uh, verse 1 of this chapter, verse chapter uh, chapter 11, verse 1. Now the leaders of the people dwelt at Jerusalem. So there were leaders there. The rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of ten to dwell in Jerusalem, the holy city, and nine-tenths were to dwell in other cities. Interesting enough, there is a phrase there called the holy city. And the holy city, these people were enjoying the fruits of living in their own little townships, their own little cities elsewhere. And like I said, they were just enjoying that. But what they were missing out on is they're missing out self-denial. They knew, they didn't know that that they some of them were going to have to give up and one-tenth is going to have to leave and go live in Jerusalem. Now, living in Jerusalem wasn't going to be as fun, right? I wasn't be able to park my house next to the waterfall. I couldn't have my land and everything out there. But there was a purpose of living in Jerusalem at that time, and that is to protect the house of the Lord, right? Is they needed people to live inside of Jerusalem now. Look at chapter 11. There is an acknowledgement in verse 1 and in verse 18 called the holy city. And now the problem is, is while it's a holy city that no one was there, very few were there, the leaders were there, but there was they need to protect and guard and keep it and maintain God's center. That has a premise for today because in doing so, it requires devotion and self-denial. You know, we're only on this earth for a little bit. And yes, we can live in our in our vineyards, we can live in our estates, we can live, you know, enjoying life, if you will. Nothing wrong with that. But they had to come to a point of having, there was going to have to be some that were going to give up and devote themselves to live in Jerusalem to maintain the order, maintain the protection of God's house. And I thought that was an interesting play here is, we have the same thing as today. We have today, God still wants a center for himself, right? We still get that principle, even in the day that we live in, that he would want those of us to be gathered unto his name. Those of us that would give up something to be able to maintain God's order, to maintain his name. His, he's got a holy name. And yet, at the same time, it does take some self-denial. And for many, and we saw in chapter 11 here, chapter 11, they had to cast lots, and 90% of them were not going to go. So 10% of them were going to go live in the city of Jerusalem. And it does take it. And so as we go page after page to the scriptures, we find out that, indeed, it's something that it does take self-denial to preserve the name of the Lord Jesus. What does the Lord Jesus say about that? He says something that me may take up my cross 
take up your cross and follow me, right? Just sit and chew on that. I chewed on that for a little bit, and it's like, what does that mean to take up your cross and follow me? And there's some self-denial that goes on. Maybe I don't get to do this. Maybe I don't get to do that. Maybe those things are fine. But maybe I have to self-deny. Maybe I need to be doing maybe I need to be doing something for the Lord. Maybe I need to be impacting somehow for the Lord. Maybe there's people to visit for the Lord. Maybe there's encouragement to have for people, right? And so I think that's a beautiful thing to see in this chapter here is everything is established. The altar is established. The temple base was established in Ezra. The temple was established in Ezra. The wall was established in Nehemiah. And the people's hearts in chapter 10 were just bound up. They wanted to do to work for the Lord. They wanted to send in offerings, right? They were sending in their first fruits. But then in chapter 11, it's like, we need to have those to come and support and protect the name of the Lord in Jerusalem, to live in Jerusalem. Now, I hope this is clear that we're not taught, this is not a literal thing today uh, because that's not what the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and the bride of Christ is called to. It's a different calling, but the moral application is still the same. And God still is the same with having his name still to be honored, still to be glorified here on this earth while we live. And we have a certain way we can do that. It's been laid out to us. And in, in the apostles' teaching, you know, that's an interesting thing, to, thing too today, and largely in Christendom, is there's a lot of teaching that goes on centered around the Gospels. And that is true, and that is good. And that is the Lord Jesus, certainly his words. At the same time, there is a book called Acts. And the Acts of the Apostles should be called Acts of the Holy Spirit. And it's transitioning and building on, and we find now, Peter getting new revelation, additional revelation. Paul gets new revelation. Apostle Paul does. John writes. And these truths that are found in the apostles' doctrine are building on what is found in the Gospels. But yet, the epistles, the apostles' doctrines, are largely ignored. Because of that, we only have a Jesus follower situation that is going on, and yet, that is not that is not the complete that was given during his walk on earth but as a risen christ there is a mandate there was love there was things given to us that were going to be given to that that we can enjoy until his coming for us anyway i just i just divulge a little bit because sometimes people may get confused that there is to be that we are to be like the jews at that time and that's not i'm i'm I have been making the assumption that that is not the thing, but along the way, to be able to understand our position in Christ and understand, though, that my heart is still the same as those ones, those Jews in that day. God's heart is still the same as it was in Nehemiah's day, still the same. But the principles, the practices and such, the practices are different because of what the Lord Jesus has done, what the Lord Jesus has unveiled during his walk on this earth and what the Lord Jesus has unveiled to us in the Acts and consequently further on into the epistles. So I hope that's a help today as we walk this earth to understand there is, I'm just going to jump back to it, 
there is there is a certain amount of self-denial and devotion that requires to to support the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and that's a beautiful thing and so these ones here in chapter 11 of Nehemiah are finding out that there is <laughs> there's going to be some that have to go move back into Jerusalem and they're going to do so and take the lower place and not have their vineyards and things to enjoy so I'm hoping that's helping to to kind of build on a little bit what we what we have here before us in walking through this step by step to see the principles that are so beautiful to enjoy. So as we go along here, I certainly encourage your comments and questions along the way. We are almost what do we got here? We got two more chapters of Nehemiah here and uh it's interesting to un untangle them and to see the nuggets uh, within there. So I hope this has been helpful for you. And so with that, I plan to be here again, if possible, next tomorrow. Tomorrow it's cold outside and all that, but we should be able to be here tomorrow. And with that, I look forward to being with you. And we're waiting for the Lord Jesus to come perhaps today. With that, we'll see you tomorrow.